Welcome everyone, you're listening to Save Me an ILC, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and really relatable way. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hello. Also joining us is our musical newbie, Matt. Hello. Today we'll, we will be covering the musical All About Sisterly Love and Following Your Dreams, Little Women. We'll be following the original Broadway cast recording, which, as always, you can find on our Spotify, and uh, the link will be in the show notes as per usual. So a little bit of background. Little Women is based on a book by Louisa May Alcott, a semi-biography written in 1869. It was made into another book, actually, for the musical, written by Ellen Mee. So there was two books, technically. It went to a workshop before heading to Broadway. There was a, a workshop reading in early 2000. It was presented at Dale University in 2001 and later in 2004. So the show is still pretty young, considering. That's why there's not a lot of background about it. But after 55 previews, the Broadway production opened at the Virginia Theater on January 23rd, 2005, and closed on May 22nd, 2005. It had 137 performances, and it had a 30-city U.S. tour that ran from August 2005 through July 2006. The Australian premiere ran at the Seymour Center in Sydney from November to December 2008. And um, I'm actually going to have Matt read this little chunk because it's got words that I don't know how to pronounce. The first European show was an Austrian production billed as a European premiere by the Theater im Neuskloster in 2007. Used the German title Beth und ihre Schwestern, uh, Beth and her sisters. German premiere used the same translation but slightly different as Betty und ihr Schwestern, as presented in 2010. Thanks, Matt. I would have butchered that badly. Yeah. <laughs> Deutsch is gut, yeah. Ja? <laughs> uh, it was brought to the Hope Mill Theater in Manchester in 2017. And then in July 2018, the show made its East Angelican debut, which is in Great Britain, at the Sheringham Little Theater in North Norfolk. And the show is still currently touring. So that's cool. Yeah, it's uh, still still going on, which is pretty interesting. So it's still a pretty young show and still taking its tours. So we're going to go ahead and hop into Act 1 and get into one of my favorite musicals of all time. Yay! Woo! Our story begins in 1866, where Josephine March, or Joe gets another rejection letter from a publisher. It is her 22nd rejection. So Joe asks <laughs> Professor Bayer, another boarder at Mrs. Kirk's boarding house, his opinion on her story called An Operatic Tragedy. And he doesn't care for all the blood and guts that she puts in there. It's very theatrical and over the top. And he thinks that she can do better. So Joe does not appreciate his critique and fumes about how she can't possibly be better than this like this is my peak this is what i can do but then she kind of muses about maybe she was better just because she was back in in concord massachusetts and the song is uh the opening song is very very strong it's called better and i, I really love singing to that one so we see a scene three years earlier in her attic, where Joe has gathered all of her sisters. She's written a show for them to put on for the town called Operatic Tragedy. Sisters fuss, and they really don't want to be in this because they've probably been putting up with this for their entire lives because that's what happens when you're friends with an author. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she convinces them that it'll make this their, their best Christmas ever. So it's the song, Our Finest Dreams. Marmy, their mother, comes in with a letter from her husband, Mr. March, 
who was away in the American Civil War as a Union Army chaplain. She reflects on the thought that it's really hard being alone to raise four really strong women. So we get the song Here Alone, and it's a really powerful mom ballad. It really is. It's very pretty. It is. So next we meet Aunt March, a wealthy woman, arrives and asks Joe to stop being a tomboy and to change into a model lady of society. Because uh, Aunt March is kind of a big bitch. Uh <laughs> Kind of. Um, so, and she says, uh, the compromise is, if Joe does this and becomes like a nice little model lady, Aunt March promises to take her on a tour through Europe. And this song is called Europe. And they talk about how Aunt March is like, you can't possibly change. And Joe's like, uh, yeah, I can, you old bat. bat. Uh, Fucking watch me. <laughs> I'll do it. And so Joe thinks that she can do all of this because if only to see the world. It's like she just wants to see the world and she'll do anything to be able to do it. So I'll change my whole personality. Sure. So meanwhile, Meg, the oldest of the four sisters, gets an invitation for her and Joe to go to a Valentine's Day ball. But on the day of the ball, Meg decides she doesn't want to go because she has no idea how to respond to someone wanting to dance with her. Which, fair. <laughs> I feel that. Let's do the Cupid Shuffle. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we, that's the one we know. I can do that one. Can, can we do the cha-cha slide? Maybe Macarena. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, back in 1863. <laughs> so Marmy tells her it's easy and that she just has to smile and say, I'd be delighted in the song called Delighted. Surprising. Which is a really cute song, how they all, they're all like dancing together and it's adorable. But Amy, the youngest of the four sisters, really wants to go to the ball too. But Joe tells her no, as she wasn't invited. Which is fair, but I think Joe's a little harsh with her about it. But also she wasn't invited, so, I mean. <laughs> so much you can do. You're not invited, you dumb child. That's kind of how it goes. Yikes. I'll let you break the news to people instead. <laughs> so, at this Valentine's Day ball, Joe bumps into the March's grumpy neighbor, Mr. Lawrence along with his grandson, Lori. And Meg just falls in love at first sight with Mr. Brooke, who's Lori's tutor. And we see Lori tell Joe that he desperately needs friends, so he asks her to dance, which is real cute. She's all nervous because she has a patch on her dress, and she just she's just not good enough to dance, right? But Lori's like, come on, it's no big deal. Let's just hang out. It'll be fine. I got you. Uh, we have the song Take a Chance on Me. Which is adorable. I think song. it's pretty adorable. However, after the ball, Joe and Amy get into a fight. Turns out that Amy was obviously still mad at Joe for not letting her go to the ball. And she burned Joe's manuscript in the fireplace. Listen, I would have fought oh. that child. Oh. And this was way before we have, like, you know, the cloud right. to save things in. So. In the fire. Of course, Mama comes into play. Uh, Marmy sends Amy to bed and tells Joe to just calm down. Amy's just a child. You can't blame her, which on one hand, yes, but on the other hand, no, right? Because she was clearly aware of her actions. Right. This doesn't seem to deter Joe because she storms off and goes to rewrite her manuscript. And I, and I will say, I did see the, the this musical a few years back and as soon as like Amy burns the manuscript, she realizes oh, man, that's I don't know what I just did, and she tries to save it, but it's too late, of course. So, I have hecked up. Hecked up hard. So she definitely knew what she was getting herself into. But later, Lori invites Joe to go ice skating with him, and Amy wants to go too, but she's already outgrown her ice skates, so she's again shut down. 
But Beth, the second youngest, uh, who is going to stay home anyway, offers to let Amy borrow hers. And while they go off and go ice skating, Beth begins to play the piano. And Mr. Lawrence, the grumpy neighbor, comes in looking for Lori. And he overhears Beth playing on the piano and he is impressed by her playing. So he joins her in a duet off to Massachusetts, which is a very fun song. So she's like the only one that gets this grumpy old man to smile again and have fun and things like that. So meanwhile, Joe and Lori come back in from ice skating and Lori is carrying Amy who had fallen into the ice while skating. So she's like super cold and it was like he rescued her and stuff like that. And because of this, Joe and Amy reconcile. Like Joe's like, I just watched my sister almost die kind of thing. And because of this, Joe makes Lori an honorary member of the family for rescuing Amy. And this song is called Five Forever. So they sing about how the sisters and their new adopted brother are going to be together forever and face the world. And it's going to be great. And it's super cute. So wholesome. wholesome. I love it. So Mr. Brooke tells Meg that he is enlisted in the Union Army, but he also asks for her hand in marriage before he leaves, which pretty common practice yeah. at that point, I would say. So, of course, she accepts because why not? Yeah, Cute sure. soldier boy. Yeah. <laughs> soldier man. Uh, so we get the song More Than I Am. But this also makes Joe question Meg's loyalty to the, fa- to the family because they promised to remain together forever, right? Like the five of them, now five because of Lori, promised to, you know, keep their bond with just them. And so now she's letting in some other man. Oh no. Right. It's like a mob. And I will say this. I didn't, I didn't have this uh, written up before, but I was re-listening to the songs and Meg actually goes, well, if Mr. Brooks or whatever his first name is, I don't remember. It was like, if, if he was here, he'd be part of the family too. And, and they're, and Lori's like, Oh, Meg's in love. Psych. They're getting married. (laughs) Psych. Psych, you're right. <laughs> Next up, we find out that Mr. March, who's obviously their father, who's all bit more, is sick. And so Marmy makes plans to go visit him in Washington. But unfortunately, they're short on funds, which makes it very difficult to do that. Yes. Joe ends up cutting off all of her hair and selling it to raise money. And this pisses off Aunt March because cutting off all your hair does not make you a dainty little woman. Right. Makes you a Wolverton boy, which she did not like. And so they get into this big fight, you know, Aunt March and Joe, and then Aunt March rescinds her offer to take Joe to Europe, which, of course, totally upsets Joe as well. Right. Aunt March ends up focusing on Amy to try to groom her into a fine young lady because she's going <laughs> to yep. change the, the youngest because well, she can get her hands on her easier, right? And Amy's more inclined to that life anyway. She's not a, a tomboy and stuff like that. So Lori decides that he's going to go off to college. And so he comes over to, to the attic to talk to Joe. And in the process of being like, hey, I'm going to go to college, kisses her and asks her to marry him. And this is a take a chance on me reprise. So it's like a super surprising thing. And Joe turns him down, despite the fact that he's so insistent on it's like, hey, you know, we're great together. Blah, blah, blah. Just take another chance on me. And Joe's like, it literally just introduce you into the family this isn't what i wanted for the relationship i thought you were my brother (laughs) like the ultimate (laughs) guy expecting more from the friendship thing brother zoned right (laughs) so worse than friend zone so she definitely turns him down and this this causes her to ponder her future 
and the future of her tight-knit family. And so she was like, who is he to, to ask me to marry him and stuff like that? We were supposed to all be together forever and all this stuff. So it's very traumatic for her in a way because she has to finally start letting go of this fantasy of being together forever and being a kid forever. And it's it's pretty hard for her. It is hard. It is really hard. The song Astonishing actually brings our act one to a close. So it's a, it's a lot of information thrown at us, but you do get to get really comfortable with the characters and uh, learn where the story is kind of heading in that direction. Family drama. Oh, yeah. Ew. Kardashian style. <laughs> <laughs> so does anyone have any questions or comments about the first act? I mean, it felt pretty straightforward. Like, yeah, the, the, the image on tight-knit families and all of a sudden all these little little things are working their way through and causing a mess of things. Dumb boys. I don't know. Feels like a typical act one, you know, yeah, all these dumb idiot boys everywhere. <laughs> God, why well, they gotta like us? <laughs> right now, I'm just picturing, so we're the three Powerpuff girls and then that's <laughs> <Matt> the <laughs> fourth sister. No, I'm, I'm the, from the Powerpuff girls, the episode where it's like, the grown dudes dressed up as them yes <laughs> and it's just like i'm just sitting there it's just like all oh, these dang boys just trying to get my attention <laughs> it's just Perfect. the absolute worst uh, i love it <laughs> <sighs> okay well i guess uh <laughs> We're going to focus on a little intermission then, and Kylie has a theater fact for us. Dun, dun, dun. Da, da, da. So the first recorded instance of a woman playing Hamlet was Charlotte Chark. Yep. Chark? Okay, good enough. From, is this the date she was alive or? I sure hope played? so, because it's a long time to play Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They could have ran long. From 1713 to 1760. Yeah, I'm assuming that's her age. <laughs> that's not very old either. Yeah, but, but I, I guess they didn't last that long anyway. So uh, I mean, yeah, that's what 47. Yikes. Yeah, so I, I thought it's it pretty neat fact since we're doing a show about women. Okie dokie. So let's hop into Act Two. So we. Bop. Bop, bop. So we skip forward. Again, to Miss Mrs. Kirk's boarding house in New York City. And Mrs. Kirk has a telegram for Joe. Joe actually comes in looking to tell the professor from the beginning who shed all over her story. She comes in and tells him her fantastic news. That she made her first sale as an author. Whoop, whoop. Ooh. Hey. And she, <laughs> she tells them the story of the sale in a song called The Weekly Volcano Press, which is very fun. And she basically tells tells them how she wasn't going to take no from this publisher. He put her manuscript on a stack of papers that was never going to get looked at anyway. And she started just reading her story out loud and making it super exciting. And he immediately had to buy it. And it was, it's, a, it's a really fun song. And she also mentions that she did use the re-edited story that Professor Bayer had given her advice on. So she had actually realized, oh, hey, I need to take some edits and reevaluate. And it turned out much better. Unfortunately, the exciting news is interrupted when Joe actually reads the telegram that Mrs. Kirk has and learns that Beth has scarlet fever. Joe immediately packs up to return to Concord. Back in Concord, Mr. Lawrence, the neighbor, 
moves his piano to the March home in the hopes of making Beth happy and therefore well again. And it's really, really sweet gesture. But it's like so sad. This this one little girl that made him not grumpy is on the track to dying and he doesn't know how to handle it. So he does what he what he can. And it's really sweet and sad. Also, that's definitely not how medicine works. Listen, it was the Wait, 1800s. The, <laughs> the power you can't of heal. love. Yes, you, you can. You can't heal scarlet fever with music. <laughs> you can if you not believe Not with that attitude. <laughs> Got it. So after spending a few days at home, Joe sends a letter to Professor Bayer asking him what's new in New York. And he really struggles with how to respond. Uh, so we get the song How I Am. He realizes that he he likes her and nothing's coming out right. You know, nothing that he says is right. How do I tell you that there's the, the silence that I used to covet so much is gone now and I hate it. Or well, no, it's like there's silence again because you're gone. I thought that's what oh. I wanted. But I miss you being around and it's... Hey, I miss it. your face. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> then things tank a little bit. We get a very sad scene where Joe takes Beth to the beach and Beth says her goodbyes to Joe. So sad. Oh, here. Uh, this is very difficult for Joe because Beth is her person, right? They're just really close. But Beth's not afraid to move on because she knows that she's been loved. You know, she's grateful to have had them in her life and, you know, all the things that she's experienced with Joe and with her sisters. So we get some things are meant to be very, very cute. Of course, Beth dies. And it is very sad. It is very sad. It's very, very heartbreaking. And it's a, definitely a super low point in Joe's life because that was her her person that she chose to be with forever and it's like so sad but around this time Amy and Lori come home from Europe where they had both been turns out that they are engaged but are afraid to tell Joe and it's called the most amazing thing and it's how they you know met up in Europe and they were real dumb and they fell in love and stuff like that blah, blah, Lori's blah. like if I can't have Joe I'll go for the younger sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Joe and the family are grieving Beth's death. And so Joe's taking it super, super hard, of course. And Marmy tells Joe that she cannot be defeated by the death. And she's not going to let Joe be held down by this. And that Beth is always with them. And this song is called Days of Plenty. And so it's just Marmy all being like, you cannot, cannot let her life go to waste like you have to celebrate it and things like that so joe goes up to her attic and spends time reminiscing about when her family was all together and she realized that they are and what have always driven her so and that's the song the fire within me and so she realizes that they were always they were always what you know spurned her on and what will always be the thing that keeps her going so this actually prompts her to write a book about her and her sisters, which becomes Little Women. So we get that full circle. So she... Her hey, that, that's the oh. name of the thing. Hey. <laughs> so yeah, it actually... So as she's writing, her first chunk of the writing is the first scene that we're introduced to in the beginning. So it's pretty interesting. But after this, the day of Lori and Amy's wedding comes and... Joe and Aunt March actually finally settle their differences. And surprisingly, Aunt March, like, leaves Joe her house, suggesting that she opens a school. Because she realizes that she was wrong and Joe's actually super smart and deserves to be on this, this path. So it's a, a pretty interesting change there for her character at the end. 
Professor Bear comes to Concord to see Joe, which of course is very surprising to Joe. He just like shows up out of nowhere. And he actually tells her that her manuscript for Little Women, I'm assuming, her manuscript Little Women has been bought and she's officially a novelist. Yay. Very awesome. And then he also tells her that he has feelings for her and just like gets down on one knee and proposes. And she's like, all right, cool. Nice. (laughs) You're cool. Let's do this. No, it's a song, Small Umbrella in the Rain. And it's like, it's probably my favorite. It's really cute. And they kind of like both kind of come to realize their feelings. Joe wonders if they'll make it as a couple, but he just kind of assures her that they'll get through everything together. And they, they realize that to this whole time and that they can really depend on each other and they can make it work. And so they decide to do that. And so it's really cute. And then the show ends with Joe and she sings about her happiness in the song. Sometimes when you dream reprise. And that's it. That's the show. So she comes full circle and becomes the novelist that she always dreamed to be. And yeah, her life wasn't the way she expected it to be, but it ended up being where she needed to be. Mm -hmm. She's still a tomboy. She's still a tomboy. <laughs> she maintains. Stay true to herself. Yes. And need to be a girly girl to get her man. One thing I will. Or her book. <laughs> yeah. That I didn't really talk about in the beginning is Little Women just became a movie, which I have not seen yet, but it was pretty recently. So I haven't had the chance to kind of touch on that. So I really didn't put too much of that in their script because I don't know a lot about it. So, but it is out there. I hear it had good reviews, so definitely go see it and support it. This is definitely a good show to see on stage as well. I mean, we'll probably say that about most of them. <laughs> but it's <laughs> I was really lucky to go see this uh, a few years back. And I think we traveled to Illinois to go see it. Does anyone have any uh, any feedback about the, the second act there? Or the show as a total? You get a proposal, and you get a proposal. <laughs> you get a death. Actually, though. Everyone's getting get married. That's, I mean... That's definitely how the times were, though. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, we might die any day now, so let's just get married. But yeah. It's definitely a piece within its time, which is important to note, you know, when right. you're that's listening, why, watching. What have you. And that's why it's also a really big deal that Joe was trying to become a novelist, because at the time, you know, it was a lot more difficult. And she was definitely very... Women were homemakers. Yeah. She was, she was super... Uh, outgoing and it was very strange for a lot of people that came across her which is why Lori originally fell in love with her in the first place. She ends up marrying yeah, Professor uh, Bayer who uh, is, they're like opposites but they realize uh-huh. that's how they complete each other which is kind of cute. They balance. They do balance. So yeah, so that's Little Women. Yeah, so I, I think the original Broadway cast recording is the only one up right now anyway but but yeah if no one has any uh other little add-ins i will go ahead and close this one out so thanks for listening to save me an aisle seat we hope you all enjoyed if you have any helpful tips or comments please feel free to reach out to us at save me an aisle seat at gmail.com or tweet us at save an aisle seat on twitter thank you so much for listening we'll catch you next time bye 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 <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Goofy's in the studio.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Save Me an Aisle Seat. You can find more episodes and shows similar to this at www.ragtagnetwork.com. Follow us on Twitter at Save an Aisle Seat. We make this show just for the fun of it, but if you would like to support what we do, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash save me an aisle seat. This episode was brought to you by the Ragtag Network.